record. You are welcome to do the same. I am. Oh, here's a problem. Nobody queued up the music. I gotta stop. Oh no, I did. Oh, the music, music. Eh, we'll oh, figure did? that part okay. out. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I was thinking. Well, it's it's on the it's on the intro. <laughs> no, I'll do it. Can't you just hit the hit the link? Exactly. I already no, stopped I'll, it. Yeah. No, I'm saying don't. Yeah, don't stop recording. Here we go. Share screen. Got the uh, player on the computer. It's gonna. I have share to actually. With sound. I have to share my screen. Why? Or do you? Are you doing it? No, I'm doing it. Yeah, doing he's it. doing it. Doing this is a, what a wonderful introduction. Oh this my has God. Been. It's the best. It's not. Welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low dollar racing and oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of lemma champ or lucky track dog you run, SCCA or NASA, we won't discriminate as long as you drive it hard and build it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussions, tips, tricks, news and notes in the world of amateur endurance racing, and whether it's on the spot, Ella Sweetener were lucky enough, and Chrissy gives us just the tip. We're sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. There is no Jeff. Oh. I'm mental. Sorry. We are everyone racers and welcome to another Ferrari 290 MM edition of the podcast. Are you laughing because I'm giga blasting or am I just that naturally funny? Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> on, the, on the recording that's going to go on the yeah. podcast, no one knows I'm giga blasting. Oh, they'll, they'll right. know. They can uh, hear it. No, okay. because it's on my computer and it's fine. Oh, All right. Perfect. Uh, okay. Never mind. I'm. The Ferrari 290 MM was a sports racing car produced by Ferrari in 1956, developed to compete in the 1956 edition of the Mil Miglia, hence the acronym MM. Four cars were built, in case you wanted to know. On December 10th, 2015, RM Sotheby sold the 290 MM driven by Juan Manuel Fangio in the 1956 Mil Miglia for $28 million. Assuming you're not driving a car that is worth that much right now, you should check out our E1R bingo card. And if you do have a car that's worth $28 million, we'd love to discuss sponsorship opportunities with you for reals for like the price of like one of your tires. So, you know, <laughs> check out that E1R bingo card. Let's kick it over to the most, I guess, interesting part of the week. What you working on, Chris? I've been doing more aluminum welding. Get Big out! Surprise, right? <laughs> but, uh, end result, though, is right now we've got a thing that actually looks like a cart, actually is sitting on four wheels, actually has a mounted electric motor, actually has a handle, actually has some wiring, and is pretty close to being done-ish. So the, uh, the chain comes tomorrow, because the one they first sent me was too short, and... Uh, then it put the batteries in, hook the wiring up, and it should be operable. Then it's a matter of making the chair holding kind of a T frame thing in the middle. And that's it until something breaks, but it's a good start at the very least, but it's been a lot of work. I'm looking forward to having it done because this weekend we have to go get the Mazda out of storage and race prep it to get it ready to go. Sounds like a busy Yay. weekend. Yay. Yep. Yeah, in addition there to is. a holiday, there's that. Yep. Yep. So I find other things to do because I can't weld, nor can I, what? <laughs> that <laughs> holiday. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Zombie day. Got it. Sorry. I'm not very smart. Got it. Yep. Yep. Okay. okay. I was like, why are we being a, a bunny rabbit? Oh, um, I find other things to do because not only can I not weld, I can't stand in the garage with him because I can't stand next to welding. So I uh, rearranged. We, um, he, uh, Chris helped me, but I rearranged a room. I've been dying to rearrange our, um, den and make it look in like a nice sitting space and something other than a junk room, because that's what it's kind of turned into. Uh, and then I did some study and we all saw each other for a little thing on Sunday. Um, yeah, that's it. Mental. We're dying to know what kind of things that you have got going on. Uh, one of my uh, good friends here in the local area, if you watch any of the Dura Die podcast or you've seen the Rami show, you know, Chef, one of the local guys here, a big Porsche and air-cooled VW enthusiast. And he picked up 
a 930 turbo last week. In fact, the one on bring a trailer rest of the world car had to leave California. In fact, he asked, Hey, I've got the money. I can just go pick it up. And they're like, no, no, no. We have to show a bill of lading verifying that this car was shipped out of California. It's not allowed because it's a, one of the oh, rest emissions of the world cars. Things. Yes, yeah. exactly. And you could fight it, but you know, why? Cause this is, you know, we're in Nevada. So he had that and uh, we did filming with the Rami show. So we had two nine thirties, a 79 and an 85 out in the desert. It smelled like hot oil and 99 loof balloons kept playing over and over in my head along with new order. It was just freaking fantastic. What a good time. Uh, so you a- drove around in nine thirties and no one died. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Not no doctors uh, were, were, were there. Uh, so, that's yeah. the key. Got it. Um, actually, Chef's a phenomenal driver. He's one of the uh, the standouts in the local PCA. And then, of course, Rami's just a lunatic. And he's had he's been driving that 930 since he was 14. Uh, I got a visit from Hyatt and Ted from Idle Clatter. They were doing their annual pilgrimage across the United States uh is uh Hyatt is coming back from he's like living the dream because he's a ski instructor and then he goes and he works on surfboards in the summer so he is just wow yeah right wow he, people live right people dream to have lives like that yes uh huh. so they they came through on their way in from Reno and uh we we hung out for a bit and then I uh, sent them down to Phoenix where they met up with the yo man so yeah they're just Saw that that's fun <laughs> We're doing that. And, uh, you know, just, uh, just on occasion, you know, making some bad decisions, uh, you know, made a, made an announcement on Instagram, which is why neither of you two. Nope. Know what it nope. Is. I have no idea. <laughs> nope. No, so, I heard um, something about a tow truck to your wife. So that's about all I know. Yes. Uh, was going to be delivered, uh, 30 minutes ago, but I'm getting updates. The tow truck driver, basically the, the, the thing, uh, is being brought to me through somebody's very nice AAA membership and they, uh, the thing, you know, right, should I go on Instagram thing. before you're going to tell me what, what this thing no, is? No, I'll show it right here. So, uh, making in the realm of making bad auto decisions, behold. Oh. Hey, another nine fourteen. This is three now. Well, one of them's gone. So well... it's, 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 it's the two and this one actually like runs and drives and has plates. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that's better than we can say about any of the rest of them. So exactly. Okay. Yeah. So yes, it is a seventy-one, and it's kind of in the family. It uh, came from our mutual friend John Polnick of Bid Nerds and Dur Fascination, and he sold it to a mutual friend of ours, Mikey Patamkin, who or Tinkin, who also does uh, some of the production work on those podcasts. And Mikey found a great deal on an SC Targa that he wants from God and Porsche here in town. And he needed to make room and made me a deal. I could not say no to, and more importantly that I could talk Vicky into. So, um, unfortunately it looks like this one's going to be delivered tonight. I know my screen is loading. It's telling me it's loading there. All right. So there's the, uh, the oh. inside. So it's, uh, oh, it's actually a cool... not a complete pile. It, it, the the no. body needs a paint job, but it's solid. And, uh, Mikey did all that, uh, the work there on the, seats so yeah that is a very cool retro interior i like that what are you what's your plan drive it land what's your plan (laughs) uh own it and drive it i think own uh, it and drive it okay heard cheap porsche done i mean i know running porsche i mean come on running okay yeah it's true with plates Ah! driving legal porsche so yeah that's uh, yeah that's that's important Wow. Yeah, which cool. is a step up for me, kind of across the board. Goes through all the gears. I can actually take this thing places. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. But you now have two convertible, small, very small cars, sticks that your wife can't drive. Doesn't want and, to, even if she could. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Just making sure I'm clear that we have some redundancy here, but it's fine i suppose one's new and reliable one's classic so the new and reliable one enables the classic uh i see uh, no failure in this plan <laughs> sure that's right what do i need with a roomy solid roofed waterproof vehicle <laughs> well you have you one you have one of those it just doesn't run 
You didn't Which, add running yes. to that. No, uh, the, now it did come with a cost and I, I, I do apologize to my gracious host, but if you were in the market for a high mileage, oh, well-maintained up until three you're years ago, selling it? I am, I'm going to hopefully get it bolted back together. Cause I got the injectors back, get it on there. And ideally it runs. If it doesn't run, the price goes way down. But if someone is looking to dip their toe into the world of high-speed German sedans, that was, that was the deal. Uh, of you can get this, but which, what is leaving? So. You traded the traded. awesome, well, you <laughs> traded in life, not for money. <laughs> like you, you moved one out of the garage for another one. And it, I, these aren't even comparable. No, they're not. They are vastly different vehicles. Uh, and I, I shamelessly am just leaning on the fact that, uh, I, I, I am at a point in my life where I can make these kind of decisions uh and to quote the people i got the amg from i do not regret getting it it was a fantastic vehicle it owes me nothing i had wonderful trips across the country in it but the time has come for it to find a new home i I see the great i see the finger against the temple he's he he's it's the i can find no fault with your logic but you're still wrong look that i'm so used to You're so used to. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh. Well, I I hope your uh, 914 is everything you dream of it to be. (laughs) I can't wait to hear how great it is. Yep. Oh, no, it's, I mean, it's going to be slow and loud and hot and, you know, no heater or air conditioning to speak of. And it's got a black interior. It's going to be perfect for Las Vegas. Well, you own a bla- another black convertible, so it's not like you've yeah. planned this well. No. That one has great AC, <laughs> right, though. Man, that thing will freeze you to death. It's fantastic. Let's see how long it goes before this cheap Porsche tries to kill you. I should. We should make bets. <laughs> how many? How how long? We won't remember when we make the bet. But at Put least it down I can in the then, doodly do. How many days can... until Mental's cheap Porsche tries to murder him? Um, well, uh, we'll we'll yeah well yeah well let's make it weeks. Just count out the weeks. Oh, weeks. Wow. You're going you low. Figure, well, no, no, no. Just give people like chunks, you know, five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks till mental price is right. Rules. Price is right. Rules. I'm going to go with a dollar then. <laughs> One week. You think this thing's going to kill me in a week? All right. I mean, All right. I don't want to, but I'm going to go on the under. So I win. <laughs> it's the, it's the same reason I have to quit betting on, uh, you know, Perez. I don't yeah, want play- to quit betting. <laughs> you just want to win. Go, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, unless he comes in, if he starts from the pit lane, then she has a harder time trying to win. <laughs> yep. All right. Chris, ready? You, you want to get in on this one? No. Oh, what? Oh. On the, on the over under. No, I'm going to wait till it okay. actually shows up. <laughs> Good right, idea. Your clock is ticking. If you, uh, if you haven't received it no, yet. No, I've got all the way to one week. So that's already taken. So now I have to decide how many potential weeks <laughs> after that. It might and if be. you've and oh, if you've okay. got a guess, put it down in the doodly do. Okay, okay ready? ready? News yep. and notes. All right, you're not imagining it. It started before the pandemic, and even as suddenly as the supply chain catches up, cars are more expensive than ever before. Sebastian Blanco at Car and Driver breaks it down. Average APR is seven percent. Average payment is seven thirty. Wow. Over a thousand a month isn't uncommon. In fact, Edmunds Automotive claims that for about 15% of new buyers, that's what they're paying. Two states that sell a whole lot of trucks, Texas and Wyoming, have 21 and 25% of the market in the four figures a month club. Because you can't even touch a F-250 for less than 50 grand anymore, especially when you have to have a diesel. Hell, you can barely touch uh, an F-150 for four yeah. grand. Yeah. Uh well, hey, the average new price for par, new yeah, average price of a new car is also up and could hit fifty thousand this year. But how many nine fourteens could you buy? It depends on how good the nine fourteen is. It might be <laughs> one, it might be many. <laughs> okay, because going by my first one, you could buy a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh <sighs> when Carlos Ghosn escaped from Japan, it was the stuff of movies. Now it will actually be a movie. Okay. 
it will be a TV series. Now, Chris Teague over at the truth about cars has details on what is currently titled the fall of the God of cars. It's a six point six part TV series. Tony Shalhoub star of monk wings. The marvelous Miss Maisel will play Carlos Ghosn. That is a brilliant casting choice, by the way, who led Nissan Renault and Mitsubishi through some very challenging times. His career ended when he was arrested in Japan for allegedly underreporting his income and misusing millions in company funds. He then made his way from being out on bail in Japan to living a limited but unjailed life in Beirut, Lebanon with a daring escape. He had the help of a few Americans, including a former Army Special Forces soldier, Gone fled prosecution in Japan, hidden in a large equipment box, which everyone says is a cello case. I don't know if he he's confirmed or denied that, but I, I'm <laughs> going to watch this. I'm going to watch the series. Right. Yeah, that is. I mean, it, it, when everyone heard what happened, it's like, wait, you've got to be kidding me. Really? Really? Yep. No, let's not check you, that. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, somebody should make it a, some kind of video or special. Yeah. And even if nobody watches it, then it's fine. It's funny. Okay, just today, the uh, which is Wednesday, uh, the racing world lost another legend. Kyle Hyatt at the at Jalopnik brings us the news about Craig Breedlove. The legendary land speed racer was the first to break the 600 mile per hour mark in 1965. In 1959, Breedlove purchased a used jet engine for 500 bucks and built the Spirit of the America of America to chase land speed records. In 1963, he went 407 miles an hour and became the first American to hold the land speed record in more than 30 years. The next year, he would set a new record of 526 miles an hour and nearly die when his brakes and parachute failed. He struck uh, a series of telephone poles at 400 miles an hour, ending up nose down in a 20-foot pond. Breedlove kept chasing records until the late 90s. Read more Just for fun, in our notes. I, uh, I looked up how much, with inflation, a $500 used jet engine was. Like in, in, in 1959, yeah, this that. is 500 bucks. Yeah. This is the equivalent now of buying it for 50, almost $5,200. So you can imagine buying a fifty-two hundred dollar jet engine, which that's got to be like that is the lemons. Well, that is the lemons of jet engines, of turbine <laughs> engines, right? Like that's the gamble of uh, five hundred of jet engines. Like that's like that. I feel like the core price on any kind of used jet engine has to be far, far greater than that. So that's I'm just curious how janky this was in its time frame. It was pretty janky. And. Yet, hey, but you had a jet engine, and you could say that you did. You can't yeah, say that well, we I mean, had a jet engine. Good, he put it to good use. Good for him. Can't say you've had a jet engine yet, Chrissy. Do not underestimate sure. how much aluminum welding Chris can do now. Yes, please make me a jet engine. Uh, now, Mental, there's a place where I don't know. Could you find a jet engine on RacingJunk.com? I feel like I have to go look right now. Yeah, you should. I while mean, while I, I Mental tells us about this I cool know. Thing. I didn't think about that, but I would be stunned if you can't find a jet engine on racingjunk.com because there's always a cool car on racingjunk.com. But this episode is about safety, and that includes fire suppression systems, which is required by every organization all of us ever race with. Right now, if you are near Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, you can get this Stroud 10 pound pole system fire bottle for just $500. It's complete with a five foot pole cable. It's got the bottom mounting bracket. It's got some of the connectors. It's got three nozzles. So you can put one on you, one on your engine uh, and one over your fuel system. It was bought new in March of 2021. It's unused, was mounted, but never raced or discharged. And it's even got the updated recall replacement bottle head link to that will be in our show notes. What will also be in our show notes as I try to learn how to do all of this while I'm talking. Multitasking. Also, I know, multitasking. <laughs> Racing Junk right now, they always have a contest going on. Now, of course, if you use Pod23 when buying their uh, membership, you can get that's for less than or 50% off, just like $25. They also have another fantastic giveaway, which is a boltsandnuts.com giveaway. And what that could, this is right here that you can win an entire bin of bolts and nuts, all 
grade eight style hardware and zinc finishers. It's got SAE alloy split, all of this. And it comes with a 40 hole steel bent. Yeah. You got about 90 days to get on this contest. Link to that is also going to be in our show notes, but check that out. Cause that's something everyone can use. You can always use a bunch of connectors, high end stuff. That's a, a bolt box starter kit right there. Boom. And it's not just all the stuff you kept from your sketchy cars that you disassembled in your garage. This is like new quality hardware. We have one of those. There you go. Um, Great. And I would try to screen share right now, but apparently the host disabled participant screen sharing. Uh, Oh, can you, you uh, can you, can you, oh, I don't know if I will You can provide me with screen sharing as the host. Also, while we're talking about this, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania is very close to us. We're actually headed there on Friday. So if you guys, need, if anybody needs a fire bottle for Pitt, we might be able to negotiate something. So let us know. Reach okay, out. I, I don't know Before how Jeff does this. This I is bad podcasting. This is right. bad podcasting. I'm, I'm going to send this. Right, here we go. Team. Boom. I've got it. You uh, got there it? it is. You should be able to share it out. He went okay. through all I'm the screens. Screen. So. When I ask, can you guy buy a jet engine and racing junk? Yes. Of course you can. It just might be in a drag racer. Oh, in a Mercedes. Yes. Oh, this is a. Look at this. It's called the Jet Limousine. It is a oh. Westinghouse J34 powered jet car. It has two bodies. One of them is a Mercedes W126 limousine that's pink and fire and lightning. That is sorry and... for party all over it, baby. Oh, oh yes. my. This is one of the bodies that it has. Otherwise, under the frame, it's just, you know, it's a dragster, but it's a jet dragster. Oh. And this my thing gosh. is unbelievably okay. cool. It is if only you have 45,000. $45, well, the he, see where it is, though? It's in Hawaii. Doesn't How matter. the heck am I going to get it from Hawaii? I don't, doesn't matter. I love the, the uh, legitimately aircraft gauges in it because. The jet engine. Yeah. Comes with you a 44-nut limited... gooseneck trailer, which shipping off Hawaii, kind of expensive, I'm sure. Um, um, you limited yourself by making a really cool car in Hawaii. I I mean, it's the wow. coolest jet, jet dragster-powered Mercedes in Hawaii. Let's assume it's $5,000 to get it shipped from Hawaii. So you are now at the Bonneville Salt Flats for less than $60,000. That is that is wow. Nuts. I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a dragster than a high speed <sighs> racer and a land speed racer. It's, you know, quarter mile at a time, but sure. still pretty good. Thanks for finding that. that is racing, junk is, of, racing junk is amazing. There's lots of jet Ooh. dryers. And here's another guy that <laughs> says he's got, uh, he's got five Westinghouse J34 to 48 jet engines, five in running condition for a jet car or track dryer use. And say how much they are, but oh. there's five of them. That's I only Missouri. need one. I only need one, friend. Can I just have hey, one? You know what? I'm sure he'd probably sell you one, but there it is. You answer is yes, you can buy a jet engine <laughs> on racing junk. Multiple jet engines. Yeah. Racing junk really does have everything. Just, oh, just amazing. Get just get the pro membership. Then you Instagram, find all kinds of fun things. Twitter, all that stuff got you down. Bam. Racing. I've never gone to <laughs> racing junk and gotten depressed. <laughs> I did Excellent. when I went to one of the sections that only has three things. Like I was looking for what pit vehicles, like I would, every once in a while I go to one and there's only like two or three and I'm like, oh man, that's the only time I'm sad. And there's not enough things that I want to, fun things that I want to look at. All right, let's move on. Upcoming races. Oh, there's no upcoming there races. No Never upcoming mind. Races. No, it's but Easter, I just said, so. right. So I also said, let's, let's talk about recent results. Okay. So uh, there's no upcoming. So we're going to talk about the Pacific Northwest at the Ridge. Uh, overall went to 199 in lieu of therapy. Uh, B class. In second place. That's the second... Corrado, that the Jay St. Clair's multi-winning Corrado. Oh, that's not the Chotis? No, B-class, yes. Oh, well, I'm, there should I'm be sorry. a couple spaces here to say. So, yes, number 199, the Corrado, that one. Okay. Yes, thank you. I'm sorry, Next. I was moving on. B-class, second place. What? That's not a B-class. Well, welcome to A. Okay. Uh, second well, place, one lap back was the 74. In its, its defense, this is the first time Ch- that Chodas never oh, Chodas. Ch- right. Uh, second, because it won C at Button Willow. Yeah, but you can you can win C with a bit of Chodasing, but the, this okay. they have been fighting this car for years. Mm-hmm. 
years and years and years and they just keep doing it and this time it actually worked that's amazing Uh, one of our uh, sorry for party rocking crew was up there and they told me that when the tracks because it rained all weekend no one got any clean laps but uh one of the drier parts that the chodas managed to throw down a 159 i don't remember if that's good if i don't remember if that's apparently it's very good Mm -hmm. yep uh and class c went to the 505 french foreign legion action in and they came in 14th so that's a fun. peugeot 505 that I has could to not. be like one of the last 10 running 505s in it's the in the northwest it wouldn't yeah. be surprised yeah. me if there are some extra ones out there Fair i couldn't enough. find anything else uh facebook did not seem to post the winners on here so that's all i found from what i know so and that picture is from jim Bowen. anyway that's what i know for recent results okay all right. In response to our last episode with guest Sajiv, Chris G replied, hey, as a modern architecture nerd, I loved the modernist, brutalist rabbit hole in this week's episode. Sajiv is a fantastic guest. Super interesting dude. Yep. Yes. And on YouTube, Randy B agreed because he was speaking also to that he's interesting and speaking about Sajiv's Buick. Quote, those turbo Buicks were draw through instead of blow through if i remember correctly i had a 79 riviera with that setup and wished i'd kept it for racing a 3.8 turbo front wheel drive sounds like a recipe for a disaster yes it does yep <laughs> chris kk had to pipe in and say hey i'm chris as well <laughs> <laughs> sure there's more of hey, them out there we're all chris is here tonight right uh and uh ever ready with the with the forecast uh meteorologist accuweather Speedo man Tim B <laughs> pointed out that pit race is only 40% cold. Oh, I'm so glad he said that. That's awesome sauce. Yep. Uh, yep. You know who's also 40% cold quite often? <laughs> Maybe so. I was gonna say hundred percent party, but I just didn't it didn't feel right. <laughs> oh, it's uh, fine too. She's hundred percent party. <laughs> Hi, mom. Chrissy's um, mom. Hello, Chrissy. You will be, if you come to pit, you might be able to snag a Chrissy's mom cookie. But you yep. you better step correct. There's a please and a thank you involved in that. And you might have to take a picture of you being very excited eating it because I send her pictures all weekend. Yes. Okay. Wait till it's time. Okay. It's one of my it's one of my favorite subjects. It's safety. Yay. <laughs> We're talking about safety. Uh, we're talking about gear and we're talking about some other things that have to do with safety. But we decided that sometimes it, we let these things slip. And then also we started asking each other some questions about what what are the actual rules? So we wanted to refresh ourselves, uh, refresh you if you aren't even familiar. Some of this stuff is is no brainer. Some of the stuff maybe you're not thinking about and then we need to think about what you need to think about before you get to the racetrack because you might be getting on track soon uh so there's two weeks at pittsburgh if you're it might be this is your first race of the season there might be so let's talk about gear this is a good place to start so we reached out to ken uh and ken kodik kodik Um, and he is probably seen your racing gear and inspected it. He is at most races. He is a lovely gentleman. Very, very nice. Um, until you come and either give him sass, don't do the rules right. Or you, uh, you're not, you're not doing it right. Usually that's the answer of why he's not very nice to you. Um, so we asked him because he knows all about gear. What are some of the things that are, you've seen trending in safety gear inspections? And I've also done safety gear inspections, so I know the good and the bad. I also am much more sensitive to um, handling when somebody gives me a bag of gear and says, here, look in it. I'm like not really excited about touching your underwear or touching things that you haven't washed in a while. It's bad etiquette, especially when it's probably sweaty and gross. Like nobody wants to deal with that. Deal with your own stuff. No. What? Yes. And and I've I've had that issue where like, hey, uh, go ahead and put that suit on for me. And I get the, you know, the teenager eye roll. And I'm like, look, man, I don't want to touch your sweaty suit. Nope. And then you kind of see 90% of the people kind of like processed it, like, okay, that actually makes sense. Right. So uh f- especially for lemons, you should wear your suit, carry your gloves, Hans, and helmet. 
but throw the suit on because they are looking to see and, and yet take it all out of the bag. Don't they'll bring a bag and set it up on the table. I know you didn't wash that stuff after that last race and it's sat in that bag all. And even if long. you did, maybe you just smell bad and I don't really care to do that. Um, also, sometimes even your helmet is already sweaty and that's kind of gross too. So um, just have it all out there so I don't have to touch you and I just give you a sticker. That's really what it comes down to. Anyway, so let's talk about helmets. So we need to make sure that they're in date. Uh, they go outdated in 10 years um, and damage. So some people care more. Some inspectors care more than others about damage. So uh, I had somebody who was kind of inspector turned up to 12 and I had some marks on my helmet and because of getting in and out of the car if we have a low helmet uh if you hit the top they said yeah rejected because uh it's probably broken because you probably dropped it and I was like nope just getting in and out of the car so uh make sure that it looks uh that was with a matte helmet I think that really really um you could see when it was matte it was whenever I typed to scrape the the roof um or it just, you know, fell from the chair to the ground, that kind of thing. So if it looks beat up, sometimes that raises eyebrows. Uh, making sure it's the right type. So uh, there are motorcycle helmets. Um, they might look the same. So make sure when you're buying one or buying it from somebody else, if you don't have one, that you're buying the right type. Um, that should have uh, the, it should have the correct labeling on it. Yes. And I have, I have had people show up and they said, I went to a store they handed me the helmet and said, this will be fine. And the M rating on there is not fine. They're actually tested different. So don't trust the salespeople. Uh, if you go to uh, any of your racing organizations website, they'll show you exactly what the Snell racing sticker looks like. Yes. Um, and even sometimes I've had at least one helmet that we had a hard time understanding the labeling and it didn't, you know, didn't look like one, didn't really say an M, didn't give the the correct one. So just make sure that your helmet has the correct um, labeling in it. Hans device. So make sure that you have some kind of neck restraint and making sure that it is in good repair, uh, that it is, the tethers are in date. And so there's recommended replacement every five years, but it's just recommended. And I would say, like we're going to talk about with anything that looks bad, like so like it's going bad, fraying, any of that good stuff, um, just get them get them redone and then then you have it done. Um, that is currently a judgment call, uh, but I would say that's an easy one. Of neck restraints need to be need to be in good. They're doing they're trying to do a good job, and you need them to to work when you need them. <laughs> Duh. Um, and it's it's also not very expensive or time consuming. Do this in the winter time. Or between you, right when you get back from a race, send it off like I'm looking for right now and what next gen's process is. And they say must be recertified every five years. Okay. It's $114 to have it done. So much less than the cost of buying a new one. And so what they do is they get you obviously a new SFI sticker, replacement tether. They inspect it, labor, return shipping, all that stuff. Seems pretty reasonable for something that's designed to keep your head on. And also, if you get a new, if you decide you want to go get a new one, uh, you might have to replace the connections to your helmet and other people's helmets. So you have to commit to if you're going to be a Hans, and that's what you're, especially if you share them. So the, our team shares them, so we make sure that if one of us is going to commit to do the, that's your own, that's your own thing. So you, you know, you can't play a part in what uh, we we can't trade is what I'm getting at. Uh, so make sure that you are good mental. Well, and I had my Hans because you guys use the Defender. I have a Hans. I had mine done last year for 70 bucks. They did the padding, the new tether. And I deliberately, I like the old school flip up ones. I'm about, they're about to age out. And they're going to tell me I can't use that one anymore uh, because I just, I like it. I feel it's easier to get off when I'm in the car. Uh, so I, I do that. But uh, you literally Google Hans or Defender recertification. And uh, for the Hans, there was there was a company on the West Coast, company on the East Coast. And because my I was using the old tethers, the guy even called me. Am I putting on the right tethers before I send oh, this back to you? That's called nice. me right from his workbench. I'm like, I really appreciate that. Thank you very wow, much. Wow, that's great. And and they 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 tell you it's about a month turnaround because they've got volume. But if you time it right, I think mine was in my hands in a week and a half. And I do want to touch on the thing that Chrissy talked wow. about. And I apologize for making us jump back. But if you're watching this on yep. YouTube, I'm going to bring up what the Snell stickers look like as soon as my slow, ancient Matt catches up. And what you see here, the stickers. Now, if you see on yours M and a year, 
That is a motorcycle certification and it's wrong. It has to say SA. Anything that says DOT, absolutely useless for racing. You need to have the Snell SA. And right now it's, uh, yeah, we're, 2015 was, uh, yeah, Chris, we got this. Yeah, well, we're, we're in 2025 once now, I think. Or yes. 2020. So, okay, 2020s uh, as old as they can be. That's okay. Yes. Yeah. That's right. The uh, the thing, though, is that the DOT doesn't preclude the helmet from being acceptable. Like I have had SA rated helmets that are also DOT, but if it is only DOT, not going to work for racing. So, good. Yep. Spend the money. And watch out for the, this, this is a good time to inspect all your stuff. Like, look at your visor. Is it all crazed because it's yeah. been years old and you've never really cleaned it right because you don't know what the actual proper cleaner is supposed to be and you've ruined it? Do you want to talk about that for a second? Because we, we, we got time. So let's go ahead. Well, like Stilo says you can't use Windex on or on their, their helmets because it's got this very special anti-fogging component in it. And they're not the only one. And if you have ruined it, which many people have, you have to replace it because otherwise you can't really see out of it. Uh, there is a very special spray cleaner that you need that if you look on Stilo's website, it tells you and you can buy it. That's just an automotive degreaser. It's not simple green. It's a different one. Um, so it's uh, it's something you need to be careful of. And very easily, just over time, maybe one of the bits are, is starting to crack. Just replace that now. They're not hard to do. Okay. And, and they're cheap and you can get the cool like iridium ones, everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're not super cheap. Well, it depends on your helmet, I guess, which visors it uses. Which yeah, the, if you have the expensive helmet, your visors aren't, yeah. aren't cheap either. Okay. Let's talk suits and gloves. Okay. So the age uh, is something we need to think about um, how good of shape it is in if you are very good on your suits and wash them appropriately and then put them away and don't touch them, then maybe yours is better. But um, looking out for holes and tears. So uh, we were talking about this with a, the couple of us about how to do you have something in here later about fixing them? I do. I've had a repair okay. them here. So if you want to talk about suits and I'll go into what to do when they're not doing that so sounds well. sounds great. So the suits need to be um, multi-layer suits. Or a single layer needs to have Nomex underwear. So making sure uh, and don't, it's so sad to get to the track and realize that you don't have your underwear isn't SFI, right? SFI, I think it needs to, the tags mm -hmm. on it. Uh, it can't just be something that looks like Nomex underwear with no tag. It doesn't really matter what it is. Um, I'm pretty sure we've had at least one arrive and drive that showed up with that. Uh, and that doesn't help anybody. Then you're scrambling. So make sure that you have those and your single layer, uh, your double layer, multi-layer or single layer with Nomex. Shoes. This is a good one. Um, shoes. You need to make sure that you're looking at the soles. There's plenty of cars. We've had some cars that have melted said soles of shoes. Uh, then you be, then you totally lose a layer of uh, a protection on your feet, which many fires start near your feet. So uh, this is something that you really need to consider. And and I, you know, if, if it's getting that bad, you need to really consider, should I just get a new pair right now? I know Chris played this game. Um, his were pretty, pretty um, melted. And he was like, well, you know, we'll wait till Christmas. You really need to consider because you want to save the bottom of your feet if you have a fire. So um, I think make sure that you're not, they're not split. They're not separated um, because that happens pretty easily as well. So um, double check your bottom of your shoes at the very, at, at the very least. Um, suits are technically good for, but to bounce back to them, uh, technically good for 10 years, but uh, maybe everything else is too, but um, it all depends on where. I mean, if you only wear it once a year, then it's not so bad. But if you're wearing it often, you're traveling with it. Um, it's pretty easy to wear out. Um, if I may, I don't know if this will, this will show up. If, uh, if you can see out my window right about there, oh, there is a tow truck. Oh, there's a tow truck. <laughs> the yellow Porsche. Yep. Look, look at that. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk fast so you can go retrieve it. All right. Uh, so yes, yep. Yep. talk amongst right, yourselves. So, hey, let's say you've got this suit and maybe it's still in fine shape, except you know what? you sat on something and moved and now there's a tear in your butt or anywhere else. But you know, that's the kind of thing you rub against a sharp edge on the car. You just put a tear in your nice expensive no mech suit. That's a shame because now it's not going to pass tech. So what are you going to do? 
duct tape. No, don't do duct tape. Don't put duct tape on your suit. We might know somebody that. that did duct tape for a while. Don't, don't, don't duct tape it. All right. What is the right answer? Well, you've got to fix it. Um, and the way to fix it really is with the material it's made out of. This is a fire safety suit. It is need The repairs need to be fire safe as well. You can't just get whatever so needle and thread you happen to have in the little sewing kit downstairs. You've got to do this properly. So there is no mex thread. There is no mex replacement fabric. I found at Pegasus, for example, that's a nice, easy, easy place for most things sourced. Um, we see that they have it just they have rolls of it in different colors to so make sure you've got it right. And it's also oh, great for nice. you to use. Right. Um, so you different colors, so it'll match your suit potentially. If it's just something you can stitch up, wonderful. If you need to put a patch, they have bits of fabric too. So you can take that and cut and make a patch and sew that on your suit to make sure it's a good quality repair. Chrissy? Is it expensive? No, it really was surprisingly okay. inexpensive for everything. Um, Is it know, one of those things the... that it's like helpful to just have a black of black roll of thread and just just... Yes, yeah, you know, it might be if you especially if you have a larger team, that definitely might be uh, something you want to do. So I'm looking up right now, a uh, a spool of Nomex thread is for a hundred yard spool is eleven dollars. Oh, great! Right? Does it say what the? I mean, besides it being Nomex, I mean, this is the right answer. How? What's the the wrong answer of using a real thread is probably better than um not no than duct tape and not well, real thread if, if real thread like a cotton thread if you are in on fire the cotton thread will burn and now there's a hole in your suit right so your suit is no longer effective so well, if you're on fire chances are your suit is no longer effective anyway no no that's the point your suit is effective for a certain number of seconds and if there's right. a hole in it now you have no i thought you meant like after the is. fact like no yeah like no, the no, next you're, race no, your, suit, your suit is ruined <laughs> okay, but you care okay, about okay. Fire suits are one-time use items i got it i got it right i got it i got if you're uh if you're if you are on fire that cotton thread will melt quickly now mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's a hole so wherever yeah. that spot is has no fire protection anymore got it that's the problem. So Makes for the eleven sense. dollars that it costs for the Nomex thread, go for it. And also, you know, the Nomex material that I'm seeing here, uh, it is a sixty-inch wide piece, and it is thirty dollars per foot of a sixty-inch mm. wide piece. So it's five square feet, is thirty bucks. Okay. If not, I don't think you'll ever use five square feet. No, chances are you're it. using you're using a two by two and a four by four, like you're, you're usually only patching a, a, a tear, right? Like that's typically, unless you're making your own fire suit, which is amazing. Yep. Which they, won't be certified. Here, I didn't but... know this existed. <laughs> yeah. They have Nomex Velcro one inch wide per foot. So if the Velcro has fallen off of a spot in your suit and you want to replace it, great. It's 1329 oh. a foot. You might want and... to add to cart because I'm pretty sure one of my three sections of my, the front of my suit, I think right. that's coming off. And they have Nomex zippers here too. So if your zipper's broken, and which we usually shouldn't be using your suit if your zipper's broken, but if you want to salvage your suit, the zippers are between twenty and twenty-three dollars, depending on how long they are. So like all this stuff is quite reasonably priced considering how expensive race suits are and how important they are. I am now adding to cart for everything. This is if great. you're one of those big money racers, or you race in one of those series where they have mandatory sponsors, you don't want to show up looking like that with the other one. Velcro, different patches. Sure. Great. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, Chrissy, do you want to keep going on? Yeah, I'm just trying to, there? I was trying to follow what's happening here. Certified equipment, FIA, SFI, yeah. uh, no certs, no go, right? So if it doesn't have a tag, it doesn't, you're not showing one of these things on whatever you're looking at. Well, we're going to talk about car stuff later, but all of your clothes, everything has to say what it is. And if it doesn't, then it's no good. Um, and, and those things, the, those things will come off your shoes. Oh, your absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I've seen the them like on, hanging on by like one thread. Get that stitch back on there. Uh, the one on my Sparco shoes is they are almost gone at this point. So that's so why I'm, I'm thinking really like, I think you actually need just need to add some of that to cart because I think we have some, some, not anything drastic, but I think there's a couple things that we probably could be patching. Um, and then, so you should try, well, that's what we've always worn. And then Ken and probably any other gear inspector will say, well, they don't care about you. We do. So double check oh. your stuff. And Ken is not lying there. They it's do true. care. It's true. 
I've, and I've never been to a series where the argument of, well, they let me wear it in this series works. And every time I've heard that it's also like, you know, with the exception of like a handful of dirt trackers, totally not been true. Like, you know, Oh yeah. They let me wear that in lucky dog. Uh, no, no. I, we know Kathy, there is no way she let you wear that. Don't even pretty much, yep. especially there's some piece of fr- being getting frantic when you're, when you're there and you're, you know, you're ready to race. And then there's somebody says, no, nah, I can't because you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's no good. All right. Okay. Next thing on Move our on. list that we're talking about is fire bottle recertifications. I know I have had this question myself. I know I've heard lots of people saying, all right, well, we got our fire system. It's charged. We never used it. Do I really need to get it recertified every two years? Because there's no good place to do it. You got to ship it. The hazardous fishing is expensive. Right. Okay. So I, I, I will say, I know we have past tech with a charge bottle that was out of date. Okay. That being said, let's go to the rules. Let's see what they actually say before we go into more conjecture here. Rules 36, 3.6.3 onboard fire suppression system says a fully charged, securely mounted SFI or FIA, and especially they give the ratings there, um, certified onboard suppression system is mandatory. Minimum acceptable is three liter or two and a half, 2.2 and a quarter kilo larger volumes recommended. And here is where it comes to the important parts. All fire suppression systems and components must be installed to homogulation documentation and manufacturer instructions. Per SFI and FIA mandate, all systems must be serviced every two years by the manufacturer or its authorized service agents and must carry an active service or maintenance label showing the last service date and service due date. So right there. That seems pretty clear to me that the rule is it's got to be following the manufacturer's recommendations and for SFI and FIA mandate, they have to be serviced every two years. Okay. Question this is, answered. It's something you plan ahead in the off season, get it taken care of with the uh, adoption of mandatory onboard suppression systems by every organization I know of. And I, might be missing a couple, not counting, you know, the Freedom Factory or your local circle track. There are more and more people that are becoming certified to service these systems. Uh, I know you've got uh, you 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 guys use Stable Energies up there in Northern New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usually, yeah, um, yeah. Donnie's got a. I remember when we were down there for Sebring. Donnie had a guy right around the corner. I want to say there's a shop at Button Willow out here in California, and a couple there in. Uh, Los Angeles that are, that are authorized to service those systems, make sure everything's good and charged. Really the time you, if you ever have to pull that handle, you really want to wonder. No, Mm-mm, not no. at all. You know, optimum is you never pull that handle, right. but should hey, you, you know where the, to. Hey, you know where the handles are. Gotta start there. <laughs> Especially when your eyes are closed, when your pet helmet is full of smoke. Mm, not that, yes, that it's yeah, going absolutely. to be but make sure you and i just happen to be are. looking right now about where we can get these where you could get them done otherwise like we've had ours under pegasus but the hazardous shipping is rather expensive um but i'm looking right here and i, I just happened to google this and find that apparently discovery parts says 125 return shipping included which becomes a much more appealing process but i haven't looked uh more on that in the in their website but that was what it says if so, that's a that's a fair price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, cool. Thanks and for. I, I've seen like in the vintage aspect, people like they show up at tracks where they know there's an organization that will do it, and they make an appointments or they've got an extra system. You know, they rotate them out. Yeah, hey, every once in a while. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. So that's what makes that um, um, bracing junk suppression system look pretty pretty awesome. There, as long as it's in date, then you're good. Yeah, uh, I think it said it. Well, it said it was within date. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Excellent. Okay. All right. Belts. You know, you got to have them. You know, they've got to be certified. Now the dates and the attachments, that's the easy part. What about everything else? Uh, 
do you have them where they rub as they're coming through the seat? You got a larger person in there that forces the belts to go to the outside. Actually, instead of just checking the dates on there, take some time to actually look at them. Make sure there's not a rub spot on your chassis or on your seat that they're fraying or tearing through. It's not something that's going to get you kicked out of tech inspection unless it's blatantly obvious, but it is a point of failure that you don't want. You got a habit of standing in your seat and doing stuff. Look for mud because what happens with that is you get dirt and grime that starts to get mashed into standing the in actual... your seat. When you're oh, doing I've seen stuff, people... working on stuff. Yeah. Oh, I've seen people like, getting in and out of the car. They stand in their seats. And no. People have done it in our car and I go, oh, don't do that. Yeah. No because way. You're, you're, you're mashing, uh, you're, you're, you're mashing abrasives into the belts that will actually start causing them to fail. Uh, mountain climbers are really big about this, but they're ropes. Um, so look at that. Is the stitching coming undone? There was a time you get a lot of belts reserted and all of the major manufacturers are getting away from that. They don't want to reassert the belts anymore. So, you know, go in there, but look at that stitching, make sure it's not coming undone. Are the mechanisms moving smoothing and easily? Are they catching? If you've got the old school duckbill, is that little leather thing starting to get in the way when you're trying to lock it together? Or when you twist the knob, does it not want to click back and slap into place? These are all things that you're going to want to do. You ever been in a race car at speed and suddenly hear a click and look down and realize you've got a belt undone? You will add 10 seconds to every lap trying to slap that sucker back in. Because <laughs> uh, you got to do all of them. You got to do Have all five of them. Have you been on the radio when this happened to <laughs> multiple teammates? Because that I can't, we can't say that's never happened to us. Yeah. yeah. And 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 as a team that once held a belt up out of a car in a pit stop. Yeah, maybe reach underneath that car and give each one of those bolts a little <laughs> snug those Make back sure in that, place um, as you're pulling that, it out. Oh, what do you call it? Those um, clips, the yes. cotter pins. The Make cotter sure pins. it has cotter yeah, pins. Yeah. 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 Uh, or I will the, say, uh, don't, don't use the, if you use, just don't use the bolts. The, the clip into the eyelets are the best. We tried using the eyelets to bolt in some ones. That's where we ended up holding a belt up at a pit stop. <laughs> And it's really terrible. Exactly. Talking to each other during a pit stop is really bad. But when you don't understand why this belt is in your hand and it's not stuck to the car They're like, anymore. yeah, put the belt on. I'm like, I the can't. The belt, <laughs> it's, it's here. right here. In you, and, my hand. Yeah, right. In your lap is what, if for podcast land, uh, you don't see where our hands are. They're not anywhere close to where belts should be. So, yeah, there's right. there's that. So, uh, unless we've got around the horn, what, what are we missing folks? What else? What other, as you are getting ready to go do your first race, I know I just did mine two weeks ago. So I dug my safety gear out and I actually made sure I had everything. I thought I knew where I'd put it away. And it turns out in this one occasion, I was actually right, but I didn't want to be in Nolens, you know, three time zones away from where I am now and realize I was missing something. Sometimes you could borrow it, sometimes you could buy it, but it's just a whole lot more peaceful when you know you've got it, when you know it's in good repair and you know you're ready to race. But what else? What else, Chris, Chrissy? Uh, now I've got nothing else on this. Just a, a, a bit of uh, checking and prevention before the race will save you a whole lot of hassle. So, One thing that we didn't talk about on here is socks. Um, socks, because we have a, multiple pairs floating in our bag, usually we do wash them after every race. Um, but they don't always have tag. I don't know that they all have tags on them. They're usually just no. No, they're just Nomex. Um, some, are, usually, some are stamped, and some do have tags. Yeah, this one I don't know that. I think I we think lost only our have tags. One or two that have tags. I think our tags are long gone. Um, but they, which is fine. But just making sure that you have them. I occasionally have been saying, "Oh, I'm just going to get in the car for not very long. I uh, can just wear these sports socks." So again, that's not not the best um you can get them teched and then you cannot wear them uh so just wear them that's what the answer is you it's easy there's a thing there are a thing that you can not see and not know what you're wearing onto the track but a lot of this is just your due diligence because it's safety because you should care about it because you never know when you need to rely on it you should follow the rules with with safety stuff like that's the easy answer i think um yeah just that does what you're supposed to, to do. Yeah. That does bring to mind a point, And I've brought this up on the show before, but I'm going to bring it up again because it's important. Uh, if you're we not wearing a cool shirt or you're just wearing something like that underneath, you need to ensure that both your undergarments and your shirt are 
100% cotton. You should not be wearing any synthetic fibers. And the reason for that is simple. The fire suit can absolutely do its job and prevent anything that is hot enough from damaging your skin. But the temperature of your skin being damaged and the melting point of a lot of those wicking fabrics is a lot different. So while the fire suit is doing that job, you now have a synthetic material being melted to your body. Chrissy. Addition to that, cotton with no logos. So when you have a logo on your shirt, exactly what you said, not just a synthetic fiber, you can have a cotton shirt on, but now uh, Chris has this nice Mercedes logo melted to his chest because uh, he right, so right? metal. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty metal, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that is the real possibility that if your car gets too hot, that you are going to be burned by the met the um, plastic that is on your shirt. So I actually keep a whole bunch of cotton, uh, 100% cotton old shirts that are only race shirts that that's what you wear when I'm not wearing a cool shirt because um, that's what you sh- should because yeah. if you wear anything else, it's could be melted to you. And while we're talking about things melting to you, same thing with that underwear. Yeah, I know. It's a little, you know, we like to wear those nice cooling shorts and uh, the, uh, the, the, the underwear that lets the boys breathe as it were, but uh, I don't want any of that melting anywhere near those bits. Cause that's never going to be good. That's, that's not metal at all. Having a Mercedes mm-hmm. emblem on your butt cheek. So make sure that you've actually just got a set of a uh, good old fashioned cotton, you know, uh, briefs or jockeys or whatever it is you like to wear to make sure you're doing that. Yep. And if we missed anything, drop us a line on one of our socials, tap it down to the doodly-doo. What's one of your safety things you like to do as you bring the car and or your gear out of the garage before your first race? And I believe... Hold on, not- on one second. Ooh. Um, Sorry. No, no. I was just thinking about our, our bag. I was just thinking through my head in the, what is in our bag. Chris, talk about Molecule. Oh, yeah. Your race gear is probably so stanky and gross even if it's not right now because it's springtime and hopefully you didn't just let it funk all winter uh, it will be at the end of a day i one time bought this stuff called molecule spray for race suits and the stuff is pretty damn fantastic spray it in your race suit when you're done with for the day it doesn't smell awful the next day. It's a new world, especially in those summer races where, you know, you get out of that suit and it's disgusting. So yeah, w- would recommend. Have you used it? I think Not, Moloc- uh, they come with other stuff. We have the spray, but doesn't, I'm pretty sure there's other things like, is I think it, they have detergent and stuff like that I'm pretty too, sure right? you can. Yeah. So, um, and we didn't really talk about washing, but washing it too much can take away the Nomex, right? Like if you well, wash it in... Nomex is okay. Usually it's the, the older ones, the cotton ones with the coating on them. Those are the ones that over time, the coating can actually oh, okay. get washed off a bit. Yeah. Not that's, that's another reason Nomex is better. It's just the material itself is more fire resistant. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I knew, I remember we used to not wa- necessarily wash it every time. So I, because of, of something. And it, uh, yeah. And it should be uh, either air dried, line dried or drying with nothing else. Cause some of the materials can get into the cotton. That's a, that's an old flight suit thing that I think I was the only guy that followed. Okay. Yep. Sorry. We keep coming up with random things. Oh, no, I was just, and if you come up with another random thing, Oh, by the way, guys, you missed this, throw it down in the doodly do get a hold of us on one of our socials. This is not necessarily a, just the tip, but it's a, Hey, nice tip. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, passing it to you. Yeah. Th- well, this is something that we learned this week and that I needed to get a welding bottle refilled. Now, as one does when you're doing a lot of welding, you got to go get it refilled. And, you know, those places, air gas and, and prax air and all those places, they're only open like seven to four on weekdays. And that's a pain. So if you if you found that you may have bought too small a bottle the first time, you're having to get it refilled a lot. Like I had a 40 cubic foot bottle. It goes pretty quickly. Like one cage is one forty cubic foot bottle, and that's a pain. So, I didn't know this, but Chrissy was at <laughs> Air Gas and was trying to get a replacement bottle for me, and they didn't have a forty. And I said, "Well, you can just trade that one in and upgrade to a 60. And we said, "How much is that is?" And they said, "Like twenty bucks." 
And it, it was, it was like 20 bucks to get the bigger bottle by trading the old one in, getting the other one. And now I have a bigger bottle. I was like, oh man, this is going to be really expensive because wh- those gas bottles are way more expensive than you think they should be when you buy them. Uh, but to upgrade it was super cheap. And now I've got a bigger bottle. It's going to take longer before I need to get it refilled. That's just easier. There's a, just, I'm ready to go back nice because I, I was just there and it was right so easy. And it didn't have there's to wait nice in tip. line and... I said, I need a 40. He's like, I've got a 60. And I said, okay. Yep. First yep. time you okay, walked, great. walked into a store and asked for a 40. I did. And he said, nope, <laughs> do you want more? And I was like, not sure. Got to ask my husband. That's how this line went down. Because wasn't sure. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, hey. The only time asking for a 40 is actually an okay idea. <laughs> yeah. hey. I mean, some, some pizza places yeah. are okay with it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. hey, nice tip. Thanks. All right. Do we have any idea what we're going to talk about next week? You bet we do. Right. We might. This is our patented, powerful pre-pit, pre-race preview presentation and potluck pimp. This is awesome. Um, Yes. Potluck pimp. We'll talk about it now. Saturday is potluck at pit race. Um, There's a sign up sheet available, but if you're going to bring something, just go find the Facebook post. and Just let me know that you're going to bring something just so I know what you're planning on. Outstanding. All right. Let's see if I can do this. Oh, you're trying. All right. Thanks for downloading us. And we hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We also hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer, even you. If you enjoyed this podcast, caress the subscribe, like, all that button. It's totally free. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating, even if you hated us. Give me a five-star rating and tell us why we suck. If you have any questions, two ideas, hey, nice tips. Drop us a comment on our Facebook page, Everyone Racers. Email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com. You can still text us at 484-243-0455. Had a great conversation with the guy that is doing the Bannon Ball last night. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, at Everyone Racers. And YouTube and Facebook under Everyone Racers. And we're even still on Reddit at slash E1R. Look for pictures of my new 914 that just got dropped off. It's sitting in my driveway right now. And thanks again for joining us. And until next week, keep that shiny side up. Unless like that 914, there is no shiny side. Then just keep those wheels down. <laughs>